Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live. On a Thursday, we welcome in the sports anchor of Channel 2 in New York, Otis Livingston. Um, after your your sojourn into Toronto and Texas following the Aaron Judge chase for 62, uh, are you exhausted? Yes, I am. Because <laughs> right before that, I went to, I uh, was Pittsburgh, I believe. Let's see, Pittsburgh, Toronto. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Toronto. Wasn't that right? No, no, no. Toronto, then Pittsburgh when I came back, and then uh, Texas. It was uh, so, obviously. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of traveling. Yeah, it's uh, and and a lot of attention has been devoted to, and, and rightfully so. Um, describe the atmosphere, Otis, in the locker room after he hit number sixty-two. Was it total chaos? No, it wasn't. Well, the, the thing was is that. Um, he, let's see, we were on the air at the same time, so we didn't get to go into the clubhouse because huh. the timing was just off a little mm. bit. Um, so we had to do our, uh, one of our nine o'clock updates after he hit it uh, in, this, in the center field pavilion type area that's cordoned off for uh, the media. So we did that. And then the game, we, we, we almost had to stay up there for the post game. 11 o'clock stuff because it wasn't over yet um then the game kind of sped up towards the end we got down on the field we had to set up they brought him to the press conference room so it wasn't a scene like uh when they uh, clinched the division it wasn't one of those type of things um so we were on the air at the same time as a lot of other people might have been uh the the beat reporters might have been doing their interviews in the the clubhouse Uh, let me ask you about um uh, the, everybody kept asking Aaron Boone after every game leading up to uh, when Judge finally broke the record, and they were all asking about did did uh, Aaron Judge feel pressure? And he indicated he didn't sense that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's human nature. I mean, Aaron Judge had to feel some kind of pressure as the days went on, right? Yeah, there had to be some pressure. I mean, that's an uh, iconic accomplishment, man. That's that's. That's history, you know, so he had to feel a little bit of pressure. Um, obviously, uh, equaling the mark of 61 was huge in itself. So now you've at least equaled it. So if nothing else happens the rest of the year, you're at least tied. But you want it by yourself. So I think there was a little less pressure. But as we saw the games going on, the the, the first game of the doubleheader, we even saw some frustration out of him, I think, when he popped out. Mm. Um, in the dugout, he had a little bit of frustration. So, yeah, the pressure was mounting. But in talking to him, because I even asked Aaron Judge, uh, Aaron Boone about that question as well, 
And he, you know, he was saying that he's the same person. He's not showing it in the clubhouse. He's not walking around pouting. He's a team player. So he'll take his walks when he has to. He'll take his hacks, which may end up in a strikeout or line out or whatever it is. He said he's the same person internally. He also acknowledged that, of course, he's feeling a little bit of pressure. He wants to do it. He wanted to do it in front of the Yankee fans. So there was pressure there. So now with four games left in the season, you know, it's really mounting. And he got to the second to last game and he finally did it, you know. Um, I, my anchor at uh, WCBS on at, uh, 6 o'clock, Dana Tyler, was saying her copy said stuck on 61. And she said, wait a minute, stuck on 61? <laughs> he hit 61 home runs. You know, this is incredible. You know, so it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's human nature to just, oh, it's been two games. Oh, it's been three games. Oh, it's been, you know, instead of it's difficult to hit a home run, period. Although he has made it look easier than it probably is at times he's hit them in bunches but let's acknowledge how difficult it is and he there was a real possibility that he would end up tied with roger maris as well well uh, we talk about otis livingston the anchor of channel two sports um i kept hearing about the, the comparisons to barry bonds uh mark mcguire sammy sosa and even a rod uh, and, and the uh, some reporter said the allegations about steroids. No, they weren't allegations. Yeah, I mean, right, right, I, I mean right. come on. Uh, I mean, Alex Rodriguez was suspended for sixty games. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, a lot of what's what's going on is, is of course, um, harkening back to a time where players were clean. I, I'm sure they. Uh, the greenies, the amphetamines, or whatever were uh, part of their performance-enhancing situation, too. I've heard stories about that type of stuff um, for recovery or uh, uh, to, to, to stay in the lineup, you know, and, and to have your attention there. Um, so it's, it's – it, I, I recognize those guys cheated. I recognize they're their official uh, record holders. Barry Bonds is the all-time. Barry Bonds is a single season. All that stuff. Uh, Sosa, McGuire, A-Rod, all those names and all those situations. Um, but I don't begrudge anyone who holds that against them, too. You know what I mean? I, I don't choose to do it. I I don't care. Um, but I don't begrudge anyone who does hold that against them, a la, you know, Roger Maris Jr. You know, because you have to put yourself in his, his position, his family's legacy, um, et cetera. Hey, Otis, I, I got to tell you, and I really want your input on this. So when I was a little kid, baseball was my game. I was, a Brooklyn, I was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. I lived and died with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Okay, Jackie Robinson was my hero. Uh, I got the chance to meet him on the street in New York one day when I was working uh, during the day, going to college at night. And I'm walking down 43rd Street near Grand Central Station where he was a vice president of Chock Full of Nuts. And as I'm going down the street, I see in the distance uh, this large man with gray, completely head of gray hair, and he stood out. And I said, oh, my yeah. God, that's Jackie Robbins. So I'm staring at him because he was my hero. He walks yeah. by me and walks down the street, and I'm thinking to myself, you idiot. You had a chance to meet your hero. I ran after him, Otis, down the street, and I said, excuse me, Mr. Robinson. I said, 
told him what my name was and so on. I said, I'm a big fan. You were my hero growing up. Uh, and I just couldn't let go without coming over and saying hello. <laughs> Otis, you want to know something? He stood and talked to me for a half an hour. I yeah. was blown yeah. away with how much attention he gave to me, somebody he doesn't even know. Doesn't surprise me, you know. Um, that's uh, that's incredible, you know. And uh, I, I, I never had that type of situation before. Um, my guy was Magic Johnson, and the time that I first met him was – there was so too many people around, so I didn't have yeah. that opportunity. But yeah. he did speak to a lot of different people. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a a, a graciousness, you know, uh, a humility. Uh, that that means that he's humble as well. You know that he would take the time and and how realizing how revered that he is and how loved and admired to take the time to to make a life. Um, altering moment for a youngster. You know what I mean? Some of those experiences. Uh, either keep a, a youngster on the path of, yeah, you know, I can do that too, or um, I don't want to, you know, you, you shouldn't meet your heroes, you know, that type of thing. Because there's been a lot of those stories as well. Yeah, well, I, uh, as I'm, uh, as finally I said, you know, Mr. Robinson, I said I appreciate all the time. I said, but I'm gonna let you go. I've got, I've got things I have to do. So he looks at me and he goes, well, is there something you want me to sign? Uh-huh. And I'm fumbling around. I don't have anything. I'm, I reach in my pocket and I come out with a dollar bill. He signs the dollar bill. It's prominently displayed in a glass enclosed case in my office at my home. And it's just something that, I mean, it was a life thing. It was a life moment for me, as you can appreciate, because of who he was, what he was, what he represented, and the fact that he was a Brooklyn Lodger. Now, having said all of that, I was a big baseball fan. I got to tell you, baseball in the last several years, going back to the Bud Selig era, has done some things that I just scratch my head over. Uh, Selig, uh, by having uh, no no DH in one league, one DH in the other league. Then he came out with the All-Star game. The winner of the All-Star game would get home field advantage in the World Series. And then the Houston Astros and cheating in the World Series, and they let them keep the trophy. And now... I tune into TSPN on Sunday night. Who do they got? Bonds, A Rod. Oh yeah, and, and they're parading around cheaters. I don't get that. No, not at all. It's it's unbelievable, and and the way A Rod has uh, reinvented himself uh, has gotten back into the good graces. I don't I don't think a lot of people you know care for his broadcasting, but the fact that he's there. The fact that you know he is prominently displayed and and, and given a platform like that, uh, you know, there's also another alternate uh, show, kind of like uh, the Manning Brothers show, uh, yep. the Manning Cast, you know, mm-hmm. that he does uh, with a good friend of mine, you know, and it's just it's just the weirdest thing. But I mean, it just goes to show you that ratings um, is what drives things these days. Because otherwise, they would be ostracized. They would not be put on display like that and given a platform. Do you think that, uh, that and I don't know what the ratings are, that's, that's more of your business, but do you think that the ratings have fallen over the last 20 years? Because football, it would seem, would be America's favorite game right now. Oh, it def- I think it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. Um, I, I remember, you know, you talk about when you were, were young, um, when I was young, baseball was it too. I mean, it was it was 
the national pastime. It was you, you had to watch the All Star game. You had to, you know, every morning get up and and look at the papers and look right. for the the box scores and look for who who's leading in batting average and home runs and RBIs. And you know, it was it was it was huge. I didn't play the sport that much, but I cared enough about it to watch and to uh, do that stuff with the newspaper um and and uh sports illustrated and all that kind of uh, baseball digest or whatever you know it, that was huge at that time and I, I just obviously i'm not as young anymore but I, I don't know if it's as popular i don't i don't i don't see kids playing on the baseball fields or you know and it's a little harder to, to get enough players to do it but when i was young we had pickup games you know on the baseball field so it, it has definitely lost a lot of its luster and popularity um, they're still diehards, obviously, and I'm not sure that they even like today today's game compared to when they were playing or, or when they were younger. Um, but that also just seems like it's a sign of the times as well. Because well, I know basketball wise, I'm I, I I I'm Magic Johnson, I'm Michael, I'm, I'm Kareem, I'm, I'm all that. You know what I mean? I love and admire the players of today, and I love covering them, watching them. But there's still a special place in my heart for those guys. He's Otis Livingston, the anchor of Channel Two Sports. In New York, you mentioned Kareem. Um, I'm doing. I'm doing. When the Nets were in New Jersey, I was broadcasting their games on radio, and we go to L.A. and we got a game against the Lakers. And I go down to the locker room before the game, and I went up to the PR guy and I said, um, "Is there somebody that I can do a, an interview with? Maybe ten minutes." He's looking over there, and he goes, "Go over to Kareem." I said, will he give me the time? He goes, you go over to Kareem. He, he, he will do that. I walked over and I said to Kareem, I said, I'm Howard David. I broadcast the Nets games. You got a few minutes. He goes, where are you from? I said, Brooklyn. He goes, I'm from Brooklyn. I said, well, I know that. He goes, please tell me you were a Dodger fan. Well, <laughs> you know what we did? We sat down there trying to challenge each other in Brooklyn Dodger trivia. He knows as much about the Dodgers as I thought I knew. And we're going back and forth. And finally, I said to him, I said, okay, let's let's just say we're in a flat-footed tie. He goes, he shook my hand. He said, he says, you are, you're a good challenge for me. I really appreciate <laughs> it. And we had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He seemed like a great, seems like a great guy. Obviously, coming out of a little heat, heat uh, nowadays because of comments, you know, about some of the younger players, Kyrie. Um, and things like that, and then LeBron and uh, pursuing his record uh, going to pass it, uh, unfortunately. Um, uh, so he's coming under a little heat, um, kind of like the uh, get off my lawn guy. That's the way people are, are looking at him. You know, um, I just see him as a brilliant person. I see him as someone who um, was a standard um, and should be the standard on uh, off the court, especially for civil rights and his. Uh, is social consciousness. Sure. Um, you know, it, I just I just feel like the generations clashed a little bit, you know, between his time, this time, you know, um, but he's, he's one of my favorites, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's yeah. go back to the Yankees for a second. Garrett Cole has given up, I think, eight straight games. He's given up at least one home run. He's given up 33 yeah. for the season. You think it's concern? Uh, because he's going to get the ball, you know, the first game – uh, of their playoff appearance, and you just wonder if uh, Aaron Boone and Cole has got concerns about uh, what's gone on with him over the last eight games. I would. Uh, there has to be some concern. You know, um, 
he hasn't done it with the Yankees in the playoffs, so there's no track record. At least sometimes, you know, they say you can uh, you'll play to the back of your baseball card. Well, as far as the base, uh, the postseason with the Yankees, he has not done it. I was there last year in uh, in Boston for that wild card game, so I know. You know, I saw it up close and personal. So, you, you know, you just don't have that to fall back on. And even a great pro like that, there has to be some doubt that creeps in. As far as Aaron Boone, he's got to show that he's confident in him. And, and maybe he is confident in him. But I would not be surprised if there's a little bit of, okay, uh, we got to get this right. You know, this is, we want to get off on that right foot, you know, in the uh, ALDS. Um, and, and we're going to give him the ball. So come on, let's go. That's why we paid you this money. That's why they gave him that heck of a contract to come to. It wasn't for regular season. It was to win a World Series. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, multiple World Series for the length of that contract. So uh, it's time for him to get going. And uh, don't know what it was, but yeah, he, it, it was, you know, when a team would get out to a lead and he'd get a couple of home runs up and you're like, wait a minute, they should be cruising in this game. They right. should be locking it down. Right. I so, hear you. Yeah, that's got to be concerned. Yeah, they have five days off, uh, yep. which is good because DJ LeMayu is dealing with a toe injury. Uh, yep. I don't know if Ben Attendee is going to be back in time for the postseason or Carpenter. Yeah. What are you hearing? Yeah, not sure. Not sure what's going on. That's all up in the air. You know, I think they feel like uh, Carpenter is getting close. Um, so we'll see. Ben Attendee and um, who's the other one? Uh, ben Attendee. LeMayu. LeMayu. Uh, well, I mean, DJ, he's going to be there. You know, I don't know how fit he's going to be. His, bats down, uh, his last couple of bats did look a little bit better the other day. Um, so I think they'll probably, you know, expect him to be able to play. Um, how effective is he going to be? We don't know. So um, that, that rest is going to give them an opportunity, as Aaron Judge as well, to, to recharge his batteries. Um, after what had to be a mental mental strain for that, like you're talking about down the stretch. Um, so uh, we shall see, man. It's a good uh, thing they didn't, you know, that they, they got it over with, they wanted, you know, because there was a lot of some doubt creeping in as well. I mean, it was only a matter of time, but the longer you go into season before you nail down that, that division, you know, the more stress, the more pressure, the more... Uh, doubt creeps in, you know, and I'm glad they were able to get that, and then Aaron Judge was able to get the record. Well, they're going to play the winner of the Rays uh, Guardian series, uh, yep. and that's fine. Uh, but you know, in the in the distant future, is the Houston Astros, and they would have to be the favorite coming out of the American League. Yeah, and they've had their number this year too. You know, um, uh, so they're going to have to step it up, man. <laughs> it's that's the team, you know. Um, you know, the, the, the Rays were giving them trouble, too, for a while there, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they kind of fell off towards the end and, and got overtaken by the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, so uh, kind of put them in the rearview mirror. But let's not forget, they gave them trouble, too. So if they can get past the Guardians, that should be a good series, leading right up to uh, to Houston if, if the Yankees and, and Astros should, should get past their uh, ALDSs. So it's going to be an interesting playoffs. Uh, they're saying it's the most exciting one in a long time because there's so many teams in it, so many possibilities. So uh, buckle up. Uh, let's go across to Queens. Uh, it's been a disappointing end of the season for the Mets. Their nemesis, yeah. the Braves, finally they swept them and put the Mets into a series with San Diego beginning tomorrow. Uh, this yeah. has got to be very disappointing for the Mets. Do they have the attitude 
Uh, we're going to show the people that maybe have lost faith in them. But I still think the Mets are a, not only a viable contender to come out of the National League, but again, you know, you got to run up against the Dodgers at some point. And, and if they are able to do that, could you imagine if they wanted to playing the Braves in the NLCS? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mentally, man, think about it. I mean, ten and a half game lead June first. Mm-hmm. That, that was a done deal. I mean, to a lot of people. And not only did you lose to a lot of the bad teams, but you got smoked by the Braves. Your top two pitchers got beat. Psychologically, you know, that's got to be tough. You know, uh, one of the players, I think it was Brandon Nimmo, talked about, was it Nimmo or McNeil? McNeil, I think, talked about how those are our guys. And they stuffed them in our face. You know what I mean? Because that was supposed to be, okay, the Grom. Get, the, get them to a two-game lead. Scherzer, get them to the three, you know, and put it out of reach pretty much after that series was over. And it was far from that. And, and, and in fact, they, they flipped the script, the Braves did. So going into that, it's going to be hard, like you said, against the Dodgers. But if they play the Braves psychologically and it's in, and it's in Atlanta as well, come on, man. That's a lot. Well, the good news is they have DeGrom and Scherzer. The bad news is, and I think you can double-check these numbers, but the, the, combine, the combination of DeGrom and Scherzer are, have a record of 10-10 and 10, uh, in games that they've pitched for the Mets. I, I didn't believe that when I saw it, but that's, yeah. that's got to be yeah. in the back of their mind, too. Yeah, of course. That's tough. I mean, these are the guys. This is a two- and a three-time Cy Young winner. They, they and they were lights out, you know. I mean, obviously Degrom was injured for a part of it too and came back, but man, that's that was going to be the strong point this season, and it didn't prove to be. I mean, they they both had their dominant stretches, of course, but when it counted, and that's going to be the last thing that you're able to harken back on this last series before the the regular season was over. That 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 first place showdown, and they didn't get it done. Well, they haven't been to the playoffs, and I think it's their first time since 2016 that the Mets have been to the postseason. But I look at the Mets as a viable candidate, the Dodgers, the Braves uh, in the National League. Uh, you know, hey, hey, I wouldn't look past the Phillies and the Cardinals either, and the Braves are going to wind up meeting one of those two teams. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's why I'm saying is that it's, this is supposed to be uh, one of the or the most exciting postseasons because there's so many teams. If you can go all the way down that far to wild card matchups and say, "Wow, those teams are are, are players too. They can, they have a shot," you know. Um, and we've seen it before. Wild card teams that have won the World Series or have gone deep in the playoffs. So you know, this this is shaping up to be one of those type of uh, uh, postseasons as well. He is Otis Livingston, the anchor of Channel Two Sports uh, in New York. Uh, we, we're starting to get a little look of uh, the NBA preseason and as usual the excitement about the Knicks uh, runs rampant through the city you know the Knicks are going to be better the Knicks are going to be this the Knicks the Knicks are going to make the playoff well you know they're probably better with the addition of Jalen Brunson I get that but until you prove it on the court uh look I I, they beat up Detroit the other day well Detroit's not going to be very much we know that Mm -hmm. but would you looking at the east Put the Knicks any higher than maybe seven in the East when you look at the competition? 
Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be hard. It really is. I mean, you're still hoping that Julius Randle can go back to the guy he was two years ago. <laughs> if if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna um, do anything, and, and they're counting on him, they're not gonna get rid of him. You know, I just felt like with the addition of Jalen Brunson, you have a you have a steady point guard. But did I think that he was the big free agent guy that's going to turn this team around to a top four contender with the kind of money that he's making? No, I didn't think that that was possible. Um, uh, I may be proven wrong. I don't know. I, I just know that he doesn't have great knockdown shooters from the outside um, that he can work with, um, and he doesn't have a Luka Doncic with him. Now, what, what R.J. Barrett's going to be? We shall see. Will he take another uh, step up? Because he definitely did last year, you know, and then he was rewarded with that contract. But are, do, do they have enough pieces around him to make that pick, uh, that uh, that trade rather, uh, I mean that signing, uh, to make that signing really, really worth it and really, really uh, that must-have guy? Because he's a facilitator as well. He can score, but he's a facilitator at heart. Um, and if you don't have the pieces around you, to kick, drive and kick, knock down shooter. And then that makes you a little bit more uh, dangerous as a one-on-one player as well. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, they, I, I don't know if they have enough players around him to get into that top four or five. You might be right, seven, eight, somewhere at play in. Um, we'll see. Let me ask you this. Uh, we both saw that, I mean, it, it looked like inevitably – the Knicks were going to get Donovan Mitchell, and when the days went by, and we kind of wondered when that deal was going to be consummated, and it wasn't. What? Why do you think that deal was not done? Oh wow! I, I mean, it, it it had to be asking price, I guess. I mean, I, I really don't know. I feel like I wasn't sold on those two in the in the same backcourt together. That was my thinking. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it would ever get done. I didn't. I didn't think it would get done, um, simply because, as you said, the days were going on and stuff like that. I felt like if it was going to happen, it was going to happen earlier because it, the the relationship or the marriage seemed like it was just destined to happen for so long. And now Donovan Mitchell was available, you know that kind of thing. So I thought it, it, if it, if it was going to get done, it would have gone gotten done early. As the days went on, I kind of lost faith that it would happen. Um, like I said, I just did not know uh, if that backcourt would work together. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to work with him and Darius Garland because Garland has to have the ball as well. You're talking about two guys that have to have the basketball. Well, I believe that they'll work that out because I think Cleveland is going to be a very much improved team uh, in, mm-hmm. in the East. Uh, when you look at the Knicks, they open up October 19th at Memphis, and we know about Memphis and John Morant and how how terrific that team is. And they'll challenge in the West. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, that's just the beginning. Later on in the month, they're at Milwaukee, at Cleveland, against Atlanta, at Philadelphia, and against Boston. That's a very daunting schedule to begin the year. That's a gauntlet, man. We're going to learn a lot about them, you know. And, and you know, maybe this team is going to be uh, one that, that just – matures as the season goes on or gets better as the season goes on. But yeah, that's a gut that's a gut punch coming out the blocks, man. It's a lot excuse me, a lot of tough teams there. Did you did you mention uh let's see, Milwaukee, Cleveland? Yeah. Boston, Philly. Got Brooklyn, you know, November ninth. Uh it's 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 gonna be tough. 
it's going to be tough. We're going to learn a lot about them. Speaking of Brooklyn, uh, yeah, uh, we've you mentioned Kyrie before, and look, Kyrie dances to a different tune. Mm-hmm. We, we both know that, but Kevin Durant is still, if he's not the best player in the NBA, he's not too far from it. Uh, no. I, I, and I'm in the minority. I think Ben Simmons is going to make a, a positive difference for them. Okay, in what way? Well, because I think there's no question about his defense. Uh, okay. But there's no question that he can run the team. He's not a good shooter. We know that. But does right. he, does he have to be when he's got the talent around him? True. True. I agree with that. I definitely do. He, he doesn't have to be a big time scorer, but he does have to take some shots. Yep. He does have to. He does have to put the ball in the basket. He's got to run the floor, uh, run the break, um, get easy baskets, because that's the way that he can he can get his his buckets in transition. Because at the end of the day. We're not looking at how you got them done. It's how did you get it done? You know what I mean? Like if, if you uh, if you have five layups, that's ten points. I don't need you to shoot three threes and knock down three threes to make nine or you know that kind of thing. So if he can get his buckets posting up guys because he is six ten, um, if he can do that on the block, uh, get some buckets in transition, kick it to open guys. Uh, run the fast break, get alley dunks from other people, and catch some from Kyrie like he did in the in, for his first bucket as a net. Um, if he can do those sort of things, then there won't be a whole lot of people talking. But if he's turning down jump shots, forcing passes, uh, or or missing jump shots, um, then people are going to get on him. I, I I like his game. You know, um, I think he's a, a a really entitled person. Um, hopefully. The last couple of years, the the drama that surrounded him has kind of humbled him a little bit more, you know. And hopefully, he'll have his nose to the grindstone and, and just you know get back to being a, a, a basketball player. Let me ask you this before I let you go: um, yep. the Jets have now won two games on the road in dramatic fashion. Uh, people are excited about Zach Wilson. He looked uh, he he didn't look much until late in the game when he made a difference. But I look at this Jets team. They got Miami coming in without Tua. Yep. Uh, the Jets have not won a division game in 12 starts. Uh, yep. the, let's just say they're overdue. I think they've got a chance this week against Miami. But uh, it's uh, it, their defense has still got to show me something. But more than that, the offensive line has got some issues, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got to they gotta protect Zach. They got to give him time. You know, he's a... Uh... What he was away for six weeks, um, had that turnover. I saw a lot out of him, though, you know, making plays down the stretch. The uh, defense as well, taking the ball away from uh, uh, Pickett. Um, I was in a building. It was uh, electric when he came in the game for uh, Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been clamoring for him. You know, they wanted him to be the opening day starter. So when he got in there and he ran around and made some plays and there was electricity and I'm thinking, uh-oh, this could be like Baker Mayfield <laughs> years ago when the Jets played him. Uh, <laughs> and he got thrown into the game. Uh, and he, they, beat the, uh, they beat the Jets. So I, I felt like the defense late in that game really hunkered down and really started playing better and, and didn't and made enough plays defensively and took the ball away, made enough stops that they gave the offense an opportunity to win the game. And that was key. They played complimentary football in the, in the locker room after the game. That's all that they talked to, talked about um, was playing complimentary football, knowing the defense uh, was knowing that we are going to get the ball back. And 
the offense was saying, and if they get it back, we're going to score. You know, and that's what football is all about. You know, one time you got a too strong of a defense. Offenses, you know, you may have a, a fracture in the locker room because one end is holding up its, its end of the bargain and the other isn't. But you saw them come together, converge, and, and come out with a nice win. So, yeah, the offensive line needs to give them some time because his, don't forget, we're still watching his maturation. He was, sure. The jury was still out on him in the offseason. Then he got hurt. So it's still, he needs time. He needs protection. He needs to get comfortable enough that he can play like the guy that they saw as a number two pick overall. Hey, how about the Philly special they ran during the game? <laughs> uh, I mean, the r- rumor has it that you gave him the play. Is that true? <laughs> I did. I drew it up on a napkin on the flight out there. And I said, listen, guys, trust me, it'll work. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the game. Hey, Otis, I'm sitting there watching the game with my wife, and I'm screaming at the TV like an idiot, saying, come on, too conservative, do something creative. Bang, no sooner no sooner was it out of my mouth, they ran the Philly special. I said, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. That was perfect. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, it, gave, it, gave the, it gave the whole team uh, life. You know, it gave them excitement. So, and they were able to carry it to a victory. I, I give them a, a great opportunity to beat the Dolphins this weekend. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, yes, sir. Well, you're going to be – you, you, do you do sidelines for those games? No, I don't do sidelines for those. Um, sometimes I do CBS Sports sidelines, um, but I haven't done one in, uh, this year. Um, I do sidelines for the Jets during the preseason. Um, so right. we travel to the games and do the pregame, uh, postgame interviews and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I'll be there on uh, Sunday. So, so do you call Sauce Gardner Sauce? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I call him sauce. A lot of times a lot of times you don't even call him by name. You're just like, Hey man, what's up? Hey, let's uh you know, let's do an interview real quick or whatever. You know, it's like you have to have to call him anything. But he's a confident young man. He's got his hands uh his work cut out for him this weekend. Uh he's looking forward to the challenge of, of trying to stop Tyreek Hill, um, the cheetah. Um, he says he's he seen some fast players in his life, but uh, he doesn't think he's seen anybody as fast as him. So he's got to definitely be on his P's and Q's uh, this Sunday against uh, Tyreek Hill. No, Tyreek Hill's a bad man. There's no two ways about it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Otis, always great talking to you, my man. You stay safe. Thank you. Yes, sir. Take care. He's Otis Livingston. Channel 2, WCBS in New York. I didn't mention the Giants, um, probably should, um, but I didn't. I think they got a chance. I really do. Look, they're going up against the Green Bay Packers. That's not easy. But I think give them the puncher's chance. I really do. I think give them a chance. We started the conversation with Otis about the Yankees. When I was a kid growing up in Brooklyn, I hated the Yankees. Because they always beat my Dodgers in the World Series. And they didn't just beat them up. They beat the crap out of them. And I always thought we had a good, as good a team. Didn't win. Except for 55. That was it. 1955. That was the only time. Uh, as for the Mets and what they're going through, I think this is all from their head up. Because they had the NL East wrapped up in June with a 10 and a half game lead. And it wasn't like they played that bad. The Braves just played out of sight. And they've been a thorn in the Mets' side back in the days of Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. 
I mean, this is nothing new. Met fans are used to it. My son-in-law hates the Braves. <laughs> and, you know, they frustrated the hell out of the Mets forever. I think it's going to be really tough for the Mets to get to the World Series, primarily because, number one, they got to get by the Dodgers. And that's not going to be easy. In my opinion, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. They've got every box checked. Freddie Freeman fell short of winning the batting title. No big deal. So McNeil won it uh, as a Met. Terrific. But those are individual accomplishments. They all mean something. But let's get down to business. And the fact is that the difference is the Braves have five days off before they play. The Mets start tomorrow. Okay? Against the Padres. We'll see. We'll see. I... uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't make the notation. I'm glad Aaron Judge broke Roger Maris's record. The record lasted for 61 years. Okay, that's that's tremendous. That someday it had to happen. I'm glad it was a. Uh, I'm glad it was Aaron Judge that did it. I don't know the guy, but he seems like a quality individual, and I'm happy for him and his family and the Yankee organization. Can they carry this over into the postseason? Again, they're going to run up against the Houston Astros in the ALCS. That is not going to be easy. Can they get by it? Sure they can. But they're going to need a better performance from Garrett Cole than we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Cole's been giving up too many home run balls. And that can destroy a team. Can they get Benatendi back, Carpenter back to help him? LeMay is operating with a big bad toe. But he's still there, and that's good. But Gleyber Torres has got to play well. All the young kids they have have got to play well. The pitching staff has got to pitch. Nesta Cortez has got to pitch well. Talion. I mean, you run down the list. As for the Mets, they run up against the Dodgers. I just don't have a lot of optimism. And it's no knock against the Mets. It's more a promotion of who the Dodgers are. Would I like to see... A Mets-Yankees World Series? Of course. That would be great for New York. Short of that, would I like to see a Mets-Braves-NLCS? Yeah, I would. But the Dodgers got a lot to say about that, okay? Appreciate your time. You stay safe. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.